I like toys. You like toys, huh? I do. All right, good. So, what have you been up to over the last week? Bob, you know, I'm going to avoid too much talk about the last week. I I poured my soul out to you in the car. Rem had a heart-to-heart with me. It did. I said, Bob, I need you for a sec. It was stressful, but but things... I'm going to continue on the on the streak of 2023 being hopeful. And uh, I think things are okay. The the anxiety stuff is all justified, and it, it's about good things and things that are going to change. So um, I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you doing? I am well. So unlike last week where we just literally did an episode, an audio episode about video games, we have the full studio set up again. I am super excited about that. Yeah, it's great in here, too. The light is perfect. Yeah, we, I, yeah literally we have the lights set up we have the camera set up we have the entire backdrop set up we have our logo back we've got headshot kurt you know we have our logo back hold on hold on hold on and it doesn't want to play at least it's not playing in my ear not mine either yeah all right wait pretend you hit it and i'll do something i did <laughs> it was applause that was all it was. <laughs> all right anyway i figure before we get started on this episode today I wanted to do this during the wrestling episode, but because everything around that was just so stressful and everything. Yeah, great episode, but oh my God, we both almost had strokes. Yeah, so what I wanted to do is something that is long overdue for you guys out there anyway. I wanted to start giving shout outs to our people, to our followers across all medias, all socials, and on our website. We see you. All right, so ready, here we go. This one is from the Podbean website. I'm going, yeah, I broke it down. Broke it down by, this is by the Podbean website. This is where the podcast can be found. And we, yes, better, Jamie better still be in there. He, he is. He, is. Right. he yeah. may not be in there. Yeah, he's, he's under Podbean. All right. So we have one of the wrestling guests that was on there, Ian Langois. I'm pretty sure I said your last name right. Langolis. Sorry, Ian, but I, I wanted to give you a shout out. Shout out to East Bridgewater fellow person, myself, Mike Snellgrove, who has his own podcast and he loves what we're doing. Shout out to Joe Daggett, someone else I went to school with. Some, shout out to Casey Adad, also someone I went to high school with. Shout out to Davey Boy, Davey Nielsen. Dave Nielsen has his own, um, he has his own like video gamer, video gamer uh, station. Nice. Like that, that's, he doesn't really do podcast, but he just kind of does. He monetizes playing video games. It's a good thing to do cool, if you can. Cool for you. Cool for you, man. Obviously, Steve Hayward, musician galore. Here's a shout out. We, gave, we did give Rebecca Harvey a shout out. She's a former alum of somewhere we worked. Uh, Jamie Stu, Jamie Stewart, obviously going to give you that. We're going to punch you in the face. We love you. Come yeah. on the show. Shut the fuck up. We love uh, you. All right. Okay, here are some Facebook people that uh, I am not, I, I do not know in my personal life. So, D'Angelo Daniel, want to give you a shout out. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for coming along. Kevin Camo, thank you for coming along. It's for you, Kevin. Erica HB, thank you for coming along. Russell Ego, Eagle, sorry, not Ego, Eagle. Russell Eagle, thank you. Thank you 100%. Now we go to Twitter. Twitter, 80s then and now, The Guys Review, LaFrance Neves, Alia Stender, Alana Sharmer, Valerie Farrell, is that Tamari Paggio, Aretha Warner, Clara Erickson, Team Boston, Rhonda M, Callie Millard, Letitia Rowan, Brain Department, The Produce Stand Podcast, and Mary. Thank you guys for following us on the Zenial Aussie Podcast. We're going to applaud you. Yes. Thank you, because apparently the applause doesn't work. And we would not have a show if people didn't listen. Yes. So, So, I don't know if you do it or not, but regardless, pay it forward. We will give you these shout-outs. Pay it forward to people you know that may be into the podcast. And on on top of that, we're just going to keep rolling with episodes like today. And so, on that note, Rem... Wait, one more thing I'd like to present, if it's okay with you. 
some of y'all probably have some interesting stories. And we want to use this podcast as a forum to tell interesting stories. So if any of you guys we just talked to want to reach out, have an idea, anything, please. We love that shit. Just That's yeah, all. exactly. So hit us up on YouTube. There are there are people. So there are people. Some of these people do follow us on YouTube. And yeah. I didn't want to kind of double it up. I wanted to kind of limit it to No, the, no, yeah, the, we can't first, go too too hard. The first place that you guys followed us on. But also hit us up on YouTube. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up personally on, on Facebook or hit us up on the XOP page. Hit us up on Podbean or hit us up on Twitter at X underscore O underscore podcast. Yeah, and I'm all my name is Remy Carrero, and that's my name on every social media. No numbers, no bullshit. So anybody who wants to reach out, it would be it would be amazing to hear from some of you. That's all. Continue, sir. All right, so let's get back into it. What are we going to talk about today on this episode? Cult of Personality. Oh, Q, Living Color, great band. Doesn't get enough due beyond that song, but just doesn't get enough due for how that awesome riff. they were. Good in a oh, yeah. Okay, we're talking about cults. Yeah, we're talking about cults. We're, we're going to do a little bit of a history on some cults, but specifically we're talking about cults that were huge during the 90s and a recent cult. Yeah, it's and it's interesting how they relate or don't relate, and it's 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 me and Bob are gonna try to approach it from Bob. It's me talked about this before, an educational standpoint. We're not gonna try to come in with judgments or guesses or anything like that. We're no, just gonna kind of. If you know me, I when it comes to stuff like this, I'm an academic. I take like a scientific approach. Definition first. We work off of that. Yeah, yeah. We, and we're gonna we're gonna go into kind of the blueprint of what makes. Uh, I I don't want to say a good cult. I don't want to say that. But what, the cult what makes formula. Successful, what makes us a, sec- a successful cult? Yeah. We're going to go into that stuff. We're going to go over it specifically. We're going to spend a lot of time on three specific cults. Two are from the 90s. One is from pre-current. Very current. Very, very current. Yeah. And we're going to go into kind of what kind of like social psychology stuff. What kind of people are attracted to cults? What kind of what makes a good cult leader? And I'll be completely honest. I and I didn't run this by Bob because I thought it'd be more interesting to do now. But. When I had my website and I had my remlins, you know about my remlins. There was like I do. A, there was a time when I, things were so chaotic in my life and I shot so high that I actually like flirted with the idea of a cult because I already had fans that were branded and people. I, yeah, I, and I know, I know, I know what you're saying and where you're going with that, but it it immediately just makes me go like, oh, oh exactly. Well, that's why if you're smart, as soon as you humor it, yep. you see the horror in it. Because there are other people like, yeah, man, if you had an island, I'd come out there. And it's like, oh, this is how fucking Jonestown started. That's all. All right. So just to give you guys a rundown again, we're going we're gonna to give you a quick history on some cults that happened before our time. Then we're going to get into the cult. We're going to get into these three specific cults. But first, we're going to play the opening song. One is named Remy. This is Remy. The other, Bobby Rocks. Bobby Rocks here. Together, they take you on weekly journeys of life from the point of view of Xennials, or people born in the late 1970s to mid-1980s. Their aim is to give a voice to the voiceless. It's the Xennial Odyssey Podcast. Welcome to the Odyssey. Okay, so Rem, I want you to start us off with some uh, history on uh, on occults because you have one. You have one in particular. Yeah, that I, I wanted to bring up, and it, you know what? Let's just we're gonna take this up, deconstruct it, and put it down within five minutes. But I think we're talking about zennials, and we're talking about where we fell on the timeline. 
we sort of experienced all of these is what makes it interesting now yeah. this one we're going to talk about we were on we were just birthed right after it but it was relevant to our parents and stuff and 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 to culture and that's um jonestown and the misconception of that place being a cult and the huge misconception about it being a suicide cult oh jonestown that so was it Donald Jones? Daniel Jones? What was his? Jonestown was Jim Jones. Jim, jo- Jim Jones. Why the fuck no, did I get that? Old. Jim Jones. You know? Yeah, and he, you know, initially it was in, um, I believe, South Africa? Well, it, it originated in California, and then they, they, moved t- and then they took it to, they basically bought hundreds of acres of land and basically created a complex and named it Jones, Jonestown? Yeah. Jonestown. But initially... The initial thing was like real really was like they didn't kick out anybody of different races. Like it was initially kind of a, a dreamy thing for a lot of those people. It was that utopia that many people look for. That and that they think a cult will bring. Mm-hmm. So all these people in Jonestown, they believed it, everyone was happy, but like they weren't because people were trapped. And so things started reaching the shores and, and and a news company came in and within three days it was just it went from happy people to a ton of dead people who weren't drinking any kool-aid willingly yeah if anyone for anyone doesn't know about john don't sound that's where that uh that's where that phrase that remy just said drinking the kool-aid that's where it comes from and it means you know drinking the kool-aid that had poison to kill yourself and um the 900 or something people that died at jonestown didn't die willingly and you can listen to the jonestown audio of the kool-aid distribution and it's it's one of them listen i'm fucked up and i listen to and watch fucked up shit and it's one of the most chilling and disturbing things. You can hear the babies crying. They're giving the Kool-Aid to babies in um, needless syringes into their mouths. But there isn't a, like, there was an image, right, of that they all held hands and drank Kool-Aid and willingly died. We will talk about a cult that willingly died. Yeah. And that's going to be a focal. So we just want to, you know, and unfortunately, that I believe that that was the blueprint now. And so when anything looked like a cult, Post Jonestown, mm-hmm. the American government freaked the fuck out. Yeah, and and I know uh, Remy off the air. Remy wanted to bring up Manson. I think it's I think it's important to bring up Manson and the family from the standpoint of that's the importance of a zeitgeist. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't, zeitgeist is basically a phrase that means spirit of the times. Uh, Manson, correct me if I'm wrong. Manson moved out to California. He wanted to be a musician. He yep. was a failed musician. He actually lived, hung out with the Beatles. Li- lived the beat? No, Beach Boys. The Beach Boys. I'm sorry, the Beach Boys. Um, and he lived with Brian Wilson for a while. Yeah, yeah. Brian, and, uh, shock of all shocks, around the time of his breakdown, right? Yeah, yeah. Because people were just yeah. coming and staying at his and, house. And Charles Manson was a very charismatic person. And then he, for whatever reason, he had been in and out of jail. He was a uh, he was a radicalized person, and he created the family. Excuse me, that was his cult, the family. They yep. called themselves the family. Wanted, they basically wanted to create a race war. And that, that was kind of their thing. Yeah, he didn't implement that at yeah. first. He just gave them lots of acid and slowly yeah. integrated hate into what was initially, yeah. again, Planting a loving the seed. thing. And it's, like, and it's very subtle. And at some point, I will go over the psychology of stuff like that that cult leaders do. But uh, ultimately, what he did is he basically they went on uh, what, like an eight-day killing spree. Yeah, and I mean it's yeah. Start, yeah, and and it's it's interesting because it's a lot more to the story than people think of just the Sharon Tate thing. Yeah. That's where it kind of culminated, you know. But yeah, th- that again, though, those weren't people. I think the media kind of dubbed them as a cult. They were like twenty greasy people who hung out together and did too many drugs and lost their mind and then perpetrated crimes together. Yeah, but, what, do they, what do they call it? Helter Skelter. Yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah, that's what they wrote in Blood. Yeah. That was Helter the connection Skelter. with the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. 
But anyway, that that's that's probably like the heaviest Beatles song, by the way. Yeah, Helter, and Motley Crue covered it really well too, yeah. which was shocking to me. But anyway, but yeah, I think for a lot of people, that's when people started saying, "Oh, like, so cults are what?" At that point, hippies and 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 sort of yeah. like very very liberal people who want to have sex with each other and yep. don't care what color or, or and that's, gender. That's why, by the way, my opinion. I am Legend is a book. It's a it's a Richard book. Matheson. Yeah, it's a book, and and if you don't know, it's nothing like it's nothing like the movie Will Smith was in. It is basically that the world has become vampires, and humans are the minority, and humans are fighting for their lives. And the closest there are there are several movies about it, and the closest kind of is Omega Man. Omega Man, yeah, with Char- Heston. Charlton Heston. But anyway. That got altered because it came out right after Helter Skelter, and they basically look like a hippie cult. Surprise of all surprises right there. Yeah. Uh, but again, we digress. So what when you think of, before we get into the specifics, when you yeah. think of a charismatic leader of somebody who can unite people in like a cult, what, what kind of traits do you think of? I mean, you already gave the big one. Um, it's charisma. I think there has to be a certain force and intensity into the mm-hmm. way they portray themselves. Conviction. They have to believe what they're selling. Yep. That's a huge one. And they all have. The ones we've seen all have, to their credit, except for um, Jim Jones. But we'll leave in that. That's a different mm-hmm. situation. But, um, yeah, I and, think... And by the way, historically, for people... Male. Who, for Males, yeah. But for people who don't have that charisma, what do they tend to historically rely on? Oh, tell me. Religion. Yeah, yeah. Reli- yeah no, religion and, plays a big part. Yeah, especially if you don't have that charisma. That's why, even though, I mean, you're, you're saying like the family isn't necessarily a cult, but that's, Charles Manson was very charismatic, oh, but he didn't yeah. need religion. He didn't, he didn't need he religion. He tried creating his own ultimately in a weird Jim, way. Jim Jones needed religion. Mm-hmm. One of the one, two of the ones basically we're, we're going to talk about needed religion. Yeah. Have a really interesting relationship yeah. with, with religion. In my opinion, what makes a good cult leader is somebody with a personality disorder. Oh, no, so a narcissist. And like, nar- like well, narcissists, whether they have narcissistic Sociopath, personalities. Sociopaths, yeah, so, yeah, sociopaths, psychopaths, they have a deficit in empathy. They have a deficit in thinking about things in, the, in those terms. And they have a God complex if they're religious mm-hmm. or they just have this elevated sense of self. And it goes to a point where that's what makes them so captivating and charismatic. And that's the thing that is the fish hook for everyone yeah. to come in. So, so let me ask you, you asked me, let me flip it. What attract someone to being in a cult. Why? Why? Because, you know, let's talk about the psychology of it. It's not what people think, I think. No, no. Uh, so I want to break this down. So I actually, in my, when I was in college, I took a social psychology class. And that social psychology class, we, there, was a, there was a point of it where we were just talking about cults. And one thing I learned is that people that are attracted to cults tend to be people who are socially isolated. They tend to be outcasts. And they tend to be people who suffer their own mental and mental illness. Yeah. Yep. And what I want to talk about that loneliness. is loneliness. Yes. We are all social creatures. We are we are all social creatures. Programmed to be. Yes. And we want to connect. And when we feel alienated and isolated, we will find that connection wherever, even if it's good or bad. Yeah, whatever it may be, wherever people and, will and embrace this is, you. And this is the perfect storm that is created for cult leaders mm-hmm. because they see these vulnerable people who are looking for a reason to believe in something. And here steps up somebody who just knows how to manipulate people and do that. And the people that they often do it to will be people they know they can get cash. A big yep. thing that comes more and more later, I mean, how Jonestown was built was all those people's money. Yes. 
So there's there tends to be a manipulation too where they're not going to waste their time on someone who has a hundred bucks in the bank. They no. know they know the people they're manipulating are sitting on a hundred grand easily. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. So it, it's interesting, and you know another thing that. I'd like to address that I didn't realize till now, and holy crap, I think you'll find this powerful. All cults have essentially been crazy white people. Yeah. Yep. No, this, that's, that's true. I mean, I don't know that's the relevance. True. I'm not throwing that for any other reason than it's a fact. If you look through them right now in your head, it's like, oh, okay, which is interesting. I, I wonder what, what the soci, like, sociological implications of that is. That is a good question. I, I don't even... You're right. I mean, I, I did learn about that, but yeah. I don't uh, honestly know off the top of my head, like about the uh, why it tends to only be. I'm sure, and I'm sure, like if you go to Africa, like is that there's people uh, that are black people that, that like that can go on there. There's people in Asia that can. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it's it's such a uh, in the Western world where we have the 24 hour news cycle. It's something that's where it um it really picks up steam. So, with that said, and I get it. I was gonna say this to you. I get it. I've been at points in my life where I've been lonely as an artist and felt isolated, and I get it. And, like, I have a family member, brilliant person, professional, doing really well, who got sucked into one. And I'm, I'm not going to go into too many details. All right. But, like, when so this is how you know, okay? This is how we knew. Hey, I got this thing I'd like you to come to. Oh, yeah, there. Mm. That's because everybody gets recruited. And because yep. you care about the person, you're like, oh, what is it? He's like, and everybody that gets recruited is expected to recruit. Of course. It's all pyramid mm -hmm. shit. Yep. But I remember being like, oh, no, that's a cult. Like, I knew when he invited me. And I remember yep. him being kind of fucked up about it. And we all kind of talked to him because it seemed like it was going there. And he was like, holy shit. Like, he stepped away. And a year later, he was like, holy shit. They just yep. get you. With him, it was almost like an art community. But I get it. I've been lonely, and if there were times when 12 people would hug me in a group and tell me I'm great, maybe I would join a cult. But I've been lucky that I was never presented with it. All right, so are you ready to jump off with the first one? Love to. I think chronologically, we should just go chronologically with this. And the, the first one's big. Yeah, the first one is big. It is, the, it is a watershed moment from our, our childhood slash teenage years, mm -hmm. and it occurred in March of 1993 in a town of, called Waco, Texas. And that would be... The Branch Davidians with, the Dan, the David Koresh. with David Koresh. So this one... Sort of. Would you argue sort of the person people think now when they think cult and yes. cult leader? Yes. David Koresh became the guy yes. he wanted to in history. So I want to give this uh, according to information. According to the information that's mm -hmm. available. Yep, yep, yep. What makes what happened at Waco, Texas, I think it's, it's bigger than the cults. It didn't just show like cults, especially like in te West Texas where like Everything's you're isolated. To be very indoctrinated out yeah. there too. Uh, it also showed a systemic breakdown of our country's government. It it did in the most terrifying way. In the most terrifying way. You are right. It gets aligned with Ruby Ridge. Ruby Ridge is not a cult thing, but it's it gets aligned with Ruby Ridge because of the the fundamental breakdown of our government and how they intervene in things and how they were literally back to back with each other. Yes, they, they were touching bloody spines. Like eight months. Yep. Eight months apart. Uh, but le anyway, let's go back to David Koresh. David Koresh took over the Davidian branch, which used to be called the Rod of David mm -hmm. when, when it was created in 1929. Which had nothing to do with Which him. have nothing to do with David Koresh, but I, th I thought he named them the Davidians because his name is David. That's, that's not true. Anyway, he, he became a member of that. He was born in like 1959. He, him and his wife, they moved to where the center of the Davidian church is in Waco, Texas. And that's where he lived. And he basically won out a power struggle. For running, for running the Branch Davidians. Yeah, someone died out, right? He eventually, like, yeah, sort of got to there, 
And the big, so the big thing is they're a Christian, they're a Christian sect, and they are a Christian sect that is preparing for the end of times, and they are trying to live this number 144. 144 is a reoccurring number. Mm -hmm. Don't hold me to this, but I believe it's like there's a chosen 144 people. Yeah. And he becomes radicalized, and he basically tells the people of the sect that he's a prophet. He is the last prophet on earth. David Koresh he's is... He's going to guide them through the revelation. He's definitely one of the 144. It's a question of how many of you are going to become the rest of the 144. And what he did is he created polygamy, which means that he was marrying people who were already married, and he was marrying their wives, and he was creating a coven of children that would be saved. And, you know, the other thing, too, is... And everybody was like, yo, he can have multiple wives. And then he took one that was fucking, like, 13. He did, but it was never proven. I and I uh, the, and what oh, I mean part what, of the propaganda. What I mean is that child protective services was involved for years and, and they found they, no proof, and they couldn't. And they even admitted though that on paper he likely married this thirteen-year-old away to uh, somebody else. And at the time, it was probably like he a common law kind of marriage where they're both underage. Yeah. Uh, the, but the man, the male, was closer to eighteen years old. And by the time uh, of the siege, uh, they were probably both like around eighteen years old. Anyway, anyway. Here, and the problem with this is, so if they're left to them, lo they're lonesome. They, they just wanted to be left alone and, and do all that. Uh, and that doesn't mean that what they what was going on there was okay. Because former Branch Davidians that either left or survived the siege, right. they they even said like, look, it's implied that he was you know doing some shady shit with with children. But no one, like, there's no smoking gun. There is no, like, nobody yeah, saw there's it. there's no definitive, I mean, and we're not saying that he's innocent of it. We're letting you know what yeah. was thought, is that nothing was yep. found. So, they're, and again, they're, they're, they're waiting for the end of times to come. And this is where the government's approach to them was really not the best approach. Oh, it was so violent. So what they did, so here's the, here's the issue. There's, oh, wait, wait, can I throw something in? Go. Um, so everything's, like, anytime that shit happens, like we said, post-Jonestown, the U.S. is, like, what's going on. And they were fine technically until they started stockpiling. Yeah, they were fine. Everyone's like, the government Fuck did it. not give a shit until they started. And they were stockpiling arms. They were. And they were. And what they were. really set them off was like they were stockpiling AKs and shit yeah. like that. Which, but I, I truly believe that they were doing that to protect themselves for oh, the end of times. They, they, they weren't doing that to start a war. No, no, I agree. No. I think it was seen as what yep. Manson was trying to do, but it wasn't. And, and so, that was the first miscommunication that set everything so off. So the big issue is, is that you have Child Protective Services of Texas, you have the FBI, and you have the ATF. Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Firearms, yeah. You have the, all three of them, and nobody is taking a lead. Oh, are we here to protect children? Are we here to seize illegally purchased firearms? Are we here because these people are dangerous terrorists, domestic terrorists? Why are we here? And so you have these three organizations, and it's not like they're playing hot potato. They're all trying. They're all. They're all on a power surge. And yeah, what they, at this point, they surround. I'm sorry. Is that? And what I was going to say is what they did is they went. They had the child protective services people go first, and you literally have like FBI and ATF agents done up with body armor and and their own assault weapons. And you know what? Someone like David Koresh says. The end of times has arrived. Yeah, they showed up. So they, they unknowingly reinforced something that these people are indoctrinated with. And then they were like, oh, okay. And yeah, these, people, the these people assumed that they were going to fight to the death. And I'll be honest And that's what they you, did. They dug in. They dug into the I death. I was fucking young as shit watching it live because this was the start of the 24-hour news cycle. Literally, this, this moment was the start of it. So I'm watching it live, you know, at my house. And I'm seeing when it's... You can tell it's going to go aggro. You can tell it's going to go aggro. And I'm like... 
I was. It I, took what fifty one days. It was, yeah, 50, it, was, it was fifty-one days of negotiations. There were there were negotiations. We that did went weird on. shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cutting yeah, off we, all the lights, all the power, and cutting then the power, cutting the water supply, blasting in insane sounds like yep. twenty-four hours a night, so no one could sleep. Yeah, we basically and Psy-ops. we were basically yeah torturing these people into uh, from the government standpoint, in my opinion, into submission. But that like but just trying to break their will. That's what they fucked up. And then finally, they just said, "Got to a point where they said, Fuck this.' Let's start Let's ramming storm the house. them down.' But what by by that point, you have these people who are waiting for the end of times and trying to get salvation in the next life. And you're coming, and in they with guns. have already fucking prepared for this. Yep, they have are they have already prepared. I'll for never this. forget the footage. FBI climbs up on the side roof, goes over next to the window with their guns. Yep, and then you see bullets coming through the wall. Up to the guy, and then the fucking agent just dies live. I remember being like, oh, I just saw a guy get shot and killed. Yeah. So what they do is they bring the Humvees in, they bring tanks in, they start storming it down, and then the place starts because uh, they they have found out at this point it was. They also one of the one of the snipers had shot a ch- through the house and shot a child at this point. Okay. Yeah. Right. But but anyway, so the fires were started equally by the Davidians and by what our government was doing. This this okay. Let's admit that this part's contentious. Yeah. Yeah. But. But what I mean is, like, if you, yeah, when the news came out, it was just the Davidians set fire to themselves oh, no, and set fire I, to that. Listen, I, I think I, it, we've gotten 30 years away from it. I, I don't think that they did it at all. I'm on the side of the fact that, that the U.S. hit a gas line. I'm on that side 100%. That's why I, because I, I think, I think it's multiple people started that fire, people inside and outside. Yeah. Uh, but the truth is that Koresh, like David Koresh, went down into, there was a bunker. And he went down there, and he he literally killed his family and killed himself. Like they they literally took themselves out like that. But my point is there is uh, for me a lot of stuff always comes back to Bill Hicks. Oh, like Bill God. Hicks has a great the joke God. about Waco, Texas. Yeah, and he said, "Oh shit, you know we went in there with tanks and Humvees." And he goes, "I find it interesting because if we were really that concerned with the safety of children, then why aren't we having Humvees and tanks storm down churches?" And then nowadays, why aren't we having yeah. um, tanks and Humvees storm down school shootings? Yeah. Even the cops aren't going in the house. Another discussion. But, yeah, and the, so the Koresh thing, young guys watching it live, mm-hmm. regardless of who did what and what did who, trauma and death on a mass scale at, shown to everybody. Yep. And, and the message from that was, to me, this is what we do to you if you do this shit. Yeah, if you step out of line. Yep. In other words, don't have a fucking cult because we'll probably kill you in this yeah. country. And so uh, Rem and I... When we were preparing for this episode, and I, and, and again, not I'm sorry, but like Koresh was good looking guy, charming guy. I seen him talk. He would bust out the guitar and do 80s songs. Like he had it. You know what's funny? He was kind of like Pastor Tim from The Americans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like that. I can see that. But, um, so Rem and I talked, we talked about kind of setting up this episode and talking about some of the cults that we were going to talk about. And Waco is my forefront. That's my forefront one. Rem has a forefront one, and then we were going to equally talk about the third one. But the reason this is, I want another reason I want to talk about this is because I am going to be very discreet. I'm going to be as discreet as I can because I don't want to get sued and I don't want to get yeah, in yeah. all this. But I, I have in my work history, I have a, uh, I have had a professional relationship with somebody who was related to someone who died at Waco, who was from around our area, and. Uh, at first, I thought it was maybe like, uh, whatever. But then I looked into it, and I just started typing in, like, Google searching names and stuff. And, yep, sure as shit. Yep. Did you ever get a chance? No. No, no. no. But I did. kind of can't. I did find a news article from the family post-Waco where they basically said that 
it was somebody who was of the vulnerable population we were talking about mm -hmm. who got uh, drawn into this left they left uh, the they left their part of the country that they had known their entire life to go there and they were one of the people who perished at at the siege wow yeah uh but they also the family members said that's not us they kind of did that washing there their hands go. up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Did you ever um, see the um like the Ryan Murphy's documentary about it? Like, not documentary. I'm sorry, the fictionalized show. Yes. Do you remember? I'm sorry. This fucking fucked with me in such a good way. Okay, so they get the power finally turned back on, and he's like, "I'm gonna do a concert where I play I Still Believe from Lost Boys." Oof. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. Yeah. That had to have been 100 percent fictionalized, right? I just for me the the thing my takeaway from that was how. Pretty accurate, the depiction of Ruby Ridges, even though it's only like 40 minutes. In the beginning, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah but it, that was extremely accurate to uh, basically what even the government admitted yeah. they did wrong. Shooting women and children, y'all. Everyone should try it. Okay, so what is our next cult that we're going to talk about, Rem? The next cult for me um, is sort of the cult. Now, I think that they're the one cult that successfully achieved their mission. And that would be? Heaven's Gate cult. Ooh. Yeah, the Heaven's Gate cult was insane. Because how if we were out in L.A. or Cali, we would have heard about them a lot more before, yeah. before the event. But how we found out about Heaven's Gate most likely was? Well, for me, it was an astrological event. That takes place every thousands of years. Well, wait, before... And, and I'm just saying, because I was literally out on my porch with a telescope. Yeah. Looking at the Hillbop comment. Hillbop was key yeah. and tantamount to all yeah. this, but it's a much more complex... It was a catalyst. It's a much more complex story um, than that. It's really interesting, because they... How long were, was Heaven, Heaven's Gate around for? Here's the... Th well, that's the crazy part, is they were around from, like, the 60s. Like, yeah. they, they existed yeah. for a long time, but they didn't actually... Put it this way. Um, what was it? What was his name? Bo and Peep, the two the two leaders. Yeah. Um, there's so much to say about this group. It's insane. But they essentially tried to use other things before Hale Bob as kind of like this is the one. The cataclysmic or yeah. The, yeah. In other words, their whole thing was okay, listen, we'll just put it out there. Their whole thing was that a UFO was gonna come behind Hale Bob Comet and pick them all up. And bring them to like I don't know Magic World Infinity, Inf like just basically absolution, right? They were gonna it was gonna take them to paradise, paradise. And uh, at the end, that's what that was their thing. Rem, were they ever? But wait, were I, they I ever, still you swallowed one. You stepped I, on one of my points. I, I just have a question: Were they ever involved with Scientology? No. Okay. But the thing I wanted to say way back, our first anything with this group was seeing them dead with black Nikes. That was what I was saying purple, at the beginning. Purple and covered in purple, purple blankets. Purple blankets. So another example of the news being snuffed. Yeah, so this is like, oh, this cult existed out in L.A. for a long time, and they all killed themselves. And they all were laid the same. It didn't look like any of them fought, struggled, or anything. And yeah, their whole thing was, but you know what's interesting about them? What? Their whole thing was like, well, we got to get off the planet now, because right now, starting right now, everything's going to get so much worse for the Earth. They didn't lie about that part, Man, bro. they weren't wrong. They kind of bailed before the real heavy shit happened in our society. That was 1997, right? Yeah, okay. and that was before 99, which was the real big one, you know, because 
fuck, was that Columbine 99? Columbine, yeah. and then two years later was 9-11. 9/11. Yeah. So the Hale-Bopp thing and the um, Heaven's Gate thing blew people's minds because they were like, what the f- I can't wrap my head around a UFO, an afterlife. But yeah. there's a lot to them. Like, they cut off their genitals and shit. Was that like making themselves eunuchs long before they killed themselves? Or was that, yes. like, was that like a part of the process of it, like killing themselves? No, it was okay. before. Right. And it was, it was obviously presented to the men only. But they were like, yo, your dangler is just bad news. It's going to want to do bad things. And what's crazy is, because I'm going to need you to do a downstairs mix-up. <laughs> downstairs mix-up. Um, I've seen the footage of all of them talking about, like, before the, anyone who did it was 100% like, I want to do this. No, I've seen footage, no one, not of them doing it. But. So they were, like, take committed. Yeah, oh, okay. 150%. And the craziest thing is, if you see people in cults, a lot of times, there's a deadness behind yeah. their eyes there, there's a separation who which one was the like he's the iconic like the video that he shot that was bo that was bo, was bo and yeah he yeah, had the, the white dead, he had the dead eyes yeah he had the dead eyes the, the big scary eyes not yeah. even dead they were too manic yeah but like the whole thing was you know and they released a video is there go- such a thing as manic death because he would thing- he would have that look i can't wait till you edit this episode and see that you cut me off 46 times. oh i'm gonna leave him in <laughs> i hope so they need to know your flaws as well but so anyway, long story short, it was very interesting. But they, here's my point is when you watch the footage of all of them right up to their deaths, those motherfuckers were happy. No, no, I'm telling you, I can show you footage. They believed it. They found peace with each other. So that's the preface to what I'm about to say. One of those people in that cult wasn't allowed to leave. They weren't allowed to go. Their whole thing was you're kind of the press bitch now. Was that planned or was that was it like 100 percent or was it like you drew the shortest straw so you have to stay behind? It, well, it's like the Chuck Palahniuk book where the guy goes the guy goes to the store and then the suicide cult kills oh. themselves. But no, they unfortunately what he said to me was he drew the shortest straw essentially. What, what do you mean he? What do you mean he said you've you've talked you've spoken to someone? I've, t- I've spoken to the last surviving member of Heaven's Gate. Wow. Yeah, he stayed back. You can go to Heaven's Gate website right now. You can email it, motherfucker. It's still active. Yeah, okay. don't do it. Like, I'm a journalist. I had a website at the time, and I'm like, yo, please t- tell me what the fuck happened. You know, and I'll admit it. At first, he's like, no, all journalists suck, and you're going to suck, and I don't want anything to do with it. I'm like, listen, I promise you I'll give you final, final cut. We will not hit publish until you approve the final piece. And it was tough for a little bit because he was standoffish, but then he said, yeah. And it ended up being what I think to be, as a journalist at least, my high water. I was going to say, is that your magnum opus? Yeah, it was remarkable because I shouldn't have gotten it. And everyone was talking about them without realizing there was someone left. And it was, I'll tell you this, man, incredibly interesting. I didn't talk to him like he's a fucking nut. I said, educate us. Yeah. That's kind of what you have to do. And I was like, listen, people don't get it. And a lot of it seems completely foreign to them. And he said something really interesting to me. I'm like, because, you know, you got to understand. You guys are talking about UFOs. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about things that some people will just immediately write off as, as just not a possible thing. So you have to understand that that turns a lot of people off. And he's like, well, then why doesn't a, a burning, talking bush turn people off? <laughs> I, don't, I mean, it's, it's a fair point. No, nah, I'll be honest. I, I went at it expecting, knowing I would be neutral, but I didn't expect to get my mind blown like that. Because it was so great. And he's like, how is ours any more fantastical than, than Christianity? Or Catholicism, and I'm like, oh, it's not then. Yours is just a ship in paradise. We got way weirder shit going on. We got Abraham killing a child, almost. So that to me was humbling. That moment of the interview was incredibly humbling. So I'm like, okay, and it kind of shifted. 
we believe what we believe because we believe it. Mm-hmm. And just because they believed something different from us doesn't mean that they believe something wrong. We don't agree with it. But the biggest takeaway, I won't talk about it for an hour, but the biggest takeaway, and I'm glad I thought of this because you have to think differently when asking these kind of questions. You, you have to be like, not stupid basic questions. I got this motherfucker for 20 minutes. How much information can I get from him? Can I, can, and I'll be honest. I walked away with a different opinion of Heaven's Gate. Not that I believe them, mm-hmm. but I can tell you this, that they 100% do. And I asked him. So looking back, so many years have passed and so many articles and people talking, do you look at what they did now as foolish or are you jealous? In those exact terms, he's like, I'm jealous. He's like, I miss them all. And I believe they're in that, like, regardless, they're at peace right now. And How long was he uh, a member of Heaven's Gate? He was um, one of the people who, he was a child of a longtime member. Okay. All right. So he was kind of, you know, indoctrinated, but genuinely well-spoken, very well-educated, made absolutely great points, and, and humanized the people. He's like, listen. Did he lose his family? Like his parents? or everybody. Or, or, did they, or did they leave, or were they still members? And they He lost up? everybody. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and so, and you know, I didn't realize that the, the book, Survivor, that I told you, the Chuck Palahniuk book is about... Yeah a suicide cult where one guy goes to get milk and when he comes home, the whole cult killed themselves. And like, I didn't realize that cause it's one of my favorite books in the world. Yeah. I didn't realize correlations there, you know? So yeah, he felt as they say left behind and I wasn't. And when he told me that I felt it, it didn't seem fake. It didn't, you, he, he, you felt like the genuine, you felt like a genuine empathy for, yeah, for him. For him cause yeah. he meant what he said. And you know, it, it was remarkable because here's the other thing about cults. Unfortunately, not maybe unfortunately, but we laugh at these people. Cults are made fun of, and they're the butt of jokes. Don't drink the Kool-Aid's like a common joke yeah. that's gross and tasteless. And so, it, it, for me, it humanized all these people in a moment. In a moment. And I could bring up somebody from the documentary, and he'd be like, yeah, you know, nobody in our group ever fought. And he's like, I'll tell you, because I asked him about the penis thing, and he's like, yeah, nobody did it that didn't want to do it, and nobody who did it regretted it. And he asked me, he's like, how many relationships with females have you had in your life? I'm like, quite a few. He's like, how many of them are still in your life? And I was like, bro, you give me, I get goosebumps again. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, none. And he's like, we're all still in our lives because we don't fuck and we don't, we don't let that pollute us. So yeah, for me, it was actually a pretty, it was one of the most spiritual conversations I've ever had with someone. And I walked away being like, you know what? Good for them. They, they, what they did hurt no one. Nobody in that group was fucking children because nobody was fucking. There were no kids in the group. Everybody was yeah. over 50. It, it's interesting to me. So it humanized them, and it humanized the scene to me, and it was, it was kind of life-altering. Does the, does the cult still exist, or is he the only one? No, it's, it's, it served its purpose and closed. He just literally, imagine that. Imagine like... So in a, in a sense, he's like... He's the record keeper, hundred percent, and he's the he's the I don't want to say storyteller, but he's the person. On, no, he is. He's the person who stayed behind to tell the story, like an, a, an objective version of the story. Hundred percent. Wow. And I realized when I even when we were talking in emails before the interview, why they kept him back. He has a gift. The dude, the dude just, you know what I mean. And so I asked him that. I'm like, well, are you guys still? Re-? He's like, no. Like that would just undermine everything we did. Yeah. He's like. He's the scribe. He's yeah. the scribe. He's the bard. He's the one. He's the one-eyed guy in uh, Three Hundred. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, he survives though, and he yeah. tells the story, and the story's important. And so, for me, should you go out and kill yourself to go behind a fucking um, comet? No, probably not for you. But for those people, 
and their belief system, and I'm sorry, like, you know, Christianity and Catholicism, like, someone kills themselves, they go to hell. Our rules are fucking weird and shit. I don't know if we have a place to judge. What is, so what kind of people did, did Heaven's Gate attract? I think, you know, it's a perfect example of a hippie commune at its purest. Like, if you watch footage of them eating, everybody's smiling, holding hands. I think they just, you know, remember the movie The Village? Yeah. You know, they fucking hid out in the woods and pretended yep. to be in an old colony, even though everything was advanced. Part of me thinks it's a little bit of that, too, to be completely honest with you. Because, like, their communes didn't have TVs. They didn't fuck with that shit. They enjoyed each other's company. They all read. Like, and here's the thing that's interesting, that there was an open door policy. Like, no one had to stay any day. Like, so there wasn't that weird um, thing. You, with. Could you leave and come back at your... Yeah, and I, but the thing is, is like what's crazy is that no one really did. They just believed in it. They were kind to each other. You know what, guys? If you're going to study up on Waco, also study up on Heaven's Gate because there is a difference here. And these guys, by the way, no guns, no weapons. They weren't doing anything like that. They just knew in their t- they knew the date and the time that it was going to come for them, and they did it. And they all, they, I mean, they did it brilliantly, right? Because they were all just lying flat. I think they took a little bit of poison and sleeping pills and went to sleep because they were all in their beds. That was it. It's, it's unbelievable that the worst one could have happened most recently in a lot of ways. Hit us off. All right, I'm going to start, but I've been chewing my fucking lips for so long, so I'm going to make sure to share this. But okay. NXVIM, the Nexium cult, with the girl from Smallville. Allison Mack? Allison Mack. Yeah. Thank you. And. Yeah. There was, there's a dude. Can you do me a favor? Because my phone sucks. Can you look up his name real quick? Sure. Because I don't want to fuck up and, and misinform these people. And it's insane. It started like one of those weird ones, like the one in my, the member of my family went to, where there would be these big. Keith Rainier. Keith, or, Keith, no, Keith, or Keith Rainier. Yeah. Show the people. <laughs> no, you All don't right. deserve that. But it's so weird because it would be like these things. Basically, I want you to think of someone who's fake deep, okay? There's a long list. I know. And how they can talk for two hours without saying a fucking thing with quotes Hmm. and things like that. I wonder wonder what former president that sounds like. I've watched Keith discuss and talk with these people at these things. And I cannot tell you, one, I don't see his fucking charisma. Two, I don't see his charm. He's smug as fuck. And what started as like a self-help group, come to find out, this sicko. Well, yeah, he was helping himself. Yeah, like it's mostly women. And put it this way, for what it started by the time it ended, Allison Mack is now in jail for a seriously long amount of time for sex trafficking. And that's after cutting a plea deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After like selling out her people, which, you know, here's the thing. She was a failing actress, a young, pretty failing actress. I've seen the footage of him interviewing her. Bro, it's creepy insane. You know who was in it for a little bit? Was uh, Kristen Crook. 
Kristen Kruick? Yeah. Yeah, she tried to get everybody in Smallville yeah, into it. Yeah, and she got out she got out before it got real fucked up. She got out when she could see it being like, "Ah, no, this isn't for me." No. So it started with him being like, "Don't you realize that when you start every day, you're your greatest enemy?" Why do you do that to yourself? Why did you beat yourself down when you wouldn't let anybody else do it? Like, it is all nothing speak, bro. And the thing is, he finds these young little broken actresses and housewives. And I don't know quite how. And I've watched a 24-hour documentary. on That's how long it is. On this cult. And I still can't tell you how he did what he did. It started like, it, by the end, he's fucking moms. He's recruiting their daughters, fucking their daughters. They make them basically make them slaves. Makes them into these weird sex slaves. Not just sex slaves, just slaves, period. And they brand he makes them brand themselves with his initials in a weird way that looks like it's just a pyramid, but it's actually his fucking initials. And come to find out, they were trafficking. And she got in a ton of trouble. And a bunch. Bunch of people involved are in trouble. You know what the craziest thing about the doc was, bro? What? There are women, I, I, I hate to say this as if it matters, but beautiful women, multiple ethnicities that stand under his fucking prison window every night. Yeah, that's not, that's not unique to him, though. I mean, look at Bundy. Look yeah, at, like, well, that's like, what that's exactly what, I mean. what it is. Like, yeah. It's the same thing. It's, like, it's this weird cult adoration of this gross man, and it happened under everybody's fucking noses. I mean, what do you know? You know, I'm just kind of throwing it out there, but where do you remember finding out about it? And what was your reaction? I remember finding out about it when Allison Mack was really like, she was, she wasn't indicted yet, but she was, she was on the road there. Like she was under surveillance yeah. and they were, they were bringing the charges and they were interrogating her because essentially they just wanted to use her to get to him, mm-hmm. which is on the one hand, terrible. That's what you, you do. Though. Uh, and I know that's what you have to do, yeah. but. They essentially had to strong arm her, mm-hmm. and it took it took years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took years of deliberations and court proceedings, and her do, like for her to get plea deals and shit for her to finally break yeah. and finally turn as evidence against him. And I mean, it sucks because I know that she was one hundred percent brainwashed. I've seen the footage of the way he talks to her and the way, yeah, like there's this one the time ling- the lingo and the- he's dude he he does this thing called nagging where like. She'll be like, oh, blah, 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 you were in a dream I had. And, like, I remember he, she says that, and he's like, oh, you've never been in one of my dreams and probably will never be. Like, on camera. Just uncanny piece of shit. And you could yeah. just see her, like, you could see right there. I'm like, oh, she's 13 again right now. And, like, you know, I can't say I feel bad for somebody who had her friends come in and fuck them, too. But she was 100% brainwashed. A hundred percent, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You she brainwash, has to pay. You have, she has to pay. She has to atone. Me, if I brainwash Bob to go kill people, Bob gets in trouble, bro. I, I do too, but Bob gets in trouble, and that's kind of, he did. He started having more profile clients like that because who are you going to go toward? Like the weird rando in the group or the yeah. chick who's super famous? And by the way, like she looks like one of the most innocent people in the world. Like that's I know that true. sounds that's weird, true. but it. I remember seeing Smallville, right? Watching it and being like... She was perfect for the role that he had her doing. And I, I remember being like, oh, she definitely doesn't fuck. I know that sounds awful, but I was like the same age. I remember watching and her energy was just too like, okay, Clark. And nah, that's not the case at all. She was like having her friends doing threesomes with yeah. him and oh, nightmarish shit. So 
I think the big question is, not even the big question. If that just just happened and unfolded, right? Yep. What other ones exist right now? Oh, well, we just had one play out, even though it wasn't a cult, but we just had it as far as the trafficking goes. Yeah. You know, they finally, the list came out. All right, but ne- like Nexium wasn't like that. Nexium was just no, just straight on bringing women just, in, just bring, and bring in your ladies, and and they were getting younger and younger. Like he was, <clears> I think, at one point, fucking a seventeen-year-old. He was like thirty, just gross shit. But I mean, I would tell any of you guys go look this dude up right now and watch some of his shit. You won't get it either.